Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 93. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Love what I do because every guest I have on tells a story and every story is as unique as their fingerprint. Every week, we feature professionals in the skill trades, business owners, educators, people giving real world advice. Sometimes they have job opportunities, so you really want to listen in. We don't run any ads on this podcast, so we're not trying to sell you anything. But if you found value, please share it and leave a five-star rating. Hey, listen, thank you again for tuning in. Today's guest is a master electrician, an entrepreneur from Southwest Philly. And he let me know the importance of specifying what part of Philadelphia he's from. Can't just say Philly. He's worked in his business for over 25 years. He is proud of building something his daughters can believe in. And during his free time, he enjoys camping with his daughters, writing, and helping others. Please welcome Harold Deloach to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Harold, how are you this morning? Thank you, sir. I am doing good, and it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Hey, I got to ask you something. I love the fact of what you're building. And when you mention your daughters, I think legacy. Is this something you think your daughters are going to take up and follow in your footsteps? Well, Keith, I don't know if they're going to, you know, pursue the electrician life, but I'm definitely interested in having them follow me as I progress as an entrepreneur. I want them to understand all of the mechanics that it takes to run a business. I want them to understand marketing. I want them to understand how to develop relationships and basically how to build something from scratch. Well, I agree. I agree. Those skill sets can carry across any profession that they choose. And I think you're doing the, uh, the right thing, teaching them that. And that can only help them in their career, whatever it is that they choose to do. You're building a good foundation for them. Now, tell us about the TEA School. This is a project that you're very passionate about. Please tell us about it. All right. Well, Keith, is kind of a long story for me to unpack. But the origins of the Academy of Industrial Arts is basically a program that I built to support electricians that I help to get licensed. So I run a website called NECPrepClass.com. I work with over 100 electricians a year in Philadelphia, Allentown, Bethlehem, basically from Wilmington, Delaware, all the way up to Scranton, Pennsylvania. So basically... I am a licensed preparation instructor. I help people transition from being a journeyman electrician to a master electrician. I help people who are uh, helpers and apprentices that want to branch off on their own. I teach them the process to take a licensing examination in the jurisdiction that they want to set their business up. So I teach things like code book navigation. I teach people how to interpret what they read in our Bible, which is called the National Electrical Code. So it is filled full of guidelines that have to be interpreted. I teach guys how to do mathematical formulas where they can size electrical services and conductors. And over the course of running that class for about eight years, I have had the conversation over and over again, you know, almost a thousand times about how all of these contractors are struggling to get apprentices. 
So I started the course, the Taya School course, to sort of help out the contractors that I was helping to get licensed. So initially, they would send me relatives that they were onboarding because they needed help. So if you're a contractor and you're short on labor, you know, sometimes you might want to pull in a cousin or a brother or a neighbor, but they, they wouldn't have time to train these guys. So basically, I set up a little class. I started out in the basement of a community center. It was actually the uh, Korean Community Development Services Center in the Omni section of Philadelphia. Started with a small group. And basically, I kind of came up with a rate, an instructor rate for the contractors. And I started out with maybe like five or six people. And these uh, early stage apprentices would meet with me one night a week. I developed a, a model that was convenient for the apprentices, convenient for me, and affordable for the contractors and the students. And over time, it grew and the word started to spread. And I decided to start marketing those classes to other contractors in the general public. And the Taya School developed and it's been a phenomenal journey over the past three years for this program. Excellent. Now, are you the one who actually does all the teaching? Do you do that in person or do you leverage some of that teaching online? Well, Keith, that's a great question. I actually run a hybrid model. So when I am delivering theory through lecture for my students, when we're talking about electrical AC theory and we're talking about the things that you typically you know, do in a classroom, right now I'm doing that on Zoom. When we get about halfway through what I call a first semester, which is 10 weeks, we transition from just being in a classroom to actually being on job sites. So today, I'm actually um, meeting with you uh, from the new Taya School construction trailer and I have some apprentices with me, unmonitored right now, working on a electrical uh, service upgrade. And this is how they get real world experiences. So there's lecture and theory on Zoom, and then I actually give them real world experiences through customers that we provide services to, and we do job site visits and ride-alongs with the contractors that I help to get licensed. So my students have a built-in ecosystem from the time they start learning with me day one. Oh, awesome. That's great. And I like the fact that you combine both and you bring that hands-on experience because I think that's the way most people learn is when they actually put their hands on it and actually go and do the work. Thus, the value of being an apprentice. So one of the things I've noticed is that you use a lot of video to promote your profession and your school. What made you decide to take that path? Because, you know, I was looking at your background and you and I, we grew up at a time where video, it wasn't prominent. It wasn't something that was used. What made you decide to do that? Well, here's how I look at it, Keith. You know, not just the electrical industry, but building trades in general, we're struggling, right? And we are struggling to fill this huge skills gap that is growing exponentially every year. One of the problems is that the work that people in the trades do, it's a mystery to a lot of people. When electricians like myself or my students, when we're going in and out of houses or commercial buildings and people see us jumping in and out of trucks, carrying tools or, or working on ladders, they don't understand what we do. 
So as I started to develop a image and, and brand and concept for the Academy of Industrial Arts, my number one goal is to show people what it's like to be an electrician. And I work really hard to bring people behind the scenes to remove mystery. And I work really hard on demystifying what we do and access uh, to this industry. So I, I, I basically just try to highlight the lives of electricians to the average person that may be interested in uh, coming in and joining the trades. Yeah, I'll tell you something. I love what you're doing. One of the challenges I've seen with that, and, and, and you could speak on this and see if you've experienced this, is I reach out to people who are in the trades because I do these day in the life videos. And I do get some resistance from people wanting to go on camera to talk about what they do. And I'm curious, you know, if you've seen that in terms of people who are in the trades. And I'm probably thinking more of the people who've done it for a number of years as opposed to young people. But in general, I've seen a challenge of people being reluctant to go on camera. And I think it does them a disservice because having that online presence and video only enhances your brand and it helps people to see your skills and your talent, which creates opportunity. Why do you think people are reluctant in your industry to go on camera? Well, so let's look at it from both sides of the spectrum. So first, let's look at it from the educational and training side. Let's look at conversations you might have with someone who is a instructor like me. Well, one, it's teaching. First of all, Keith, teaching is it's, it's challenging. And what makes it challenging is if you want to be effective, you have to be adaptable. And it's a lot of work. Yes. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So the people that are teaching, they need encouragement. They need encouragement because it does get tough sometimes. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have some days where I feel like I'm not making the impact that I really want to make. But then I have some days where I get some really wonderful stories. So part of that could be some of the challenges that they face with uh, delivering, you know, the content and the training. But if you're talking to tradespeople who are, you know, kind of like, you know, turning screws, they're kind of caught up in what they're doing. They're in a groove. They honestly, they don't really like stopping doing what they're doing because for, for the most part, the work that we do, Keith, it's therapy, all right? And marketing and talking uh, to people and promoting the trace, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I think a lot of people prefer to stay in their comfort zone. They would like to, you know, make a difference, but some people kind of want to make a difference, you know, from the safety of their chair at home. Not everybody wants to be out on the front lines, front and center, you know, promoting the trades or trying to solve that problem. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It's they know their lane and they're staying in their lane. And anything that takes them away from what their expertise is more of a distraction. Yes. That's how I take that. Okay. That makes sense. It makes sense. I understand. Hey, Harold, before you took on your current role, you worked in a re-entry construction technology program within the Philadelphia prison system. We all know how hard it is for people who've been in the prison system to get work because there are biases and stigmas against them. So can you share how you got involved in this program and why it is so important? Well, Keith, I stumbled into that job. That, that was actually my very first job as a formal instructor. And, uh, 
first of all, it was a it was one of the greatest experiences in my life being able to work with people who were challenged with setting a new path for their life. So I had to shut down my electrical contracting firm after the uh, last financial meltdown. And to make a long story short, I had to get a job. And like thousands of other contractors across the country, was forced to find a new way to generate revenue. So I followed up on the lead I found online, applied for a part-time instructor job, and it just happened to be within the Philadelphia prison system. So I kind of stumbled into it. And it was a really, really great job because my director at the time, she gave me full autonomy to kind of run the program and build it the way I like to. And I was able to teach guys that have never touched a screwdriver or a drill how to do basic home repairs. I also had to build like camaraderie between these guys because the classes were extremely diverse. Some days I might have three students. And then some days I might have 25 students. And these guys would be from different backgrounds. Guys from, you know, really rough, challenging urban sections of the city, all the way up to some, you know, older guys that have, you know, maybe they got a DUI or something like that. And they lived in a very, you know, insulated community or neighborhood. And they would never, you know, under normal circumstances, work with someone, you know, maybe a third of their age for a part of the city they've never been in. So I actually had the luxury of, of, working with these guys, getting them to work together and leverage whatever skills they had to build projects in our warehouse. So we would actually build a small mock house uh, in this huge warehouse, kind of stick frame construction from the ground up. So these guys would learn carpentry. They would learn electrical, plumbing, drywall, painting. We would do some light roofing. And in the process of these guys working with me every day for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, they would bond together and they would learn a lot about each other. And keep, they taught me a lot. They taught me a lot about relationships. They taught me different things about how people deal with their own challenges. And that job, I'm going to be honest with you, that job helped me to become the instructor that I am today. Now, as far as the challenges, that people who have backgrounds, the challenges that they face finding employment in the construction industry, I'm going to say the trades kind of views people with backgrounds differently than a lot of other occupations and industries. So if you have a background, you know, and, and we don't have to go into the depth of your background, but I think the trades are more forgiving. All right. Now, if you do have a background, you can probably work for, you know, maybe a small mom and pop shop, you could probably work for like a mid-sized company in any trade, plumbing, electrical, HVAC, carpentry. Now, where it gets a little challenging is if you are working for a company that contracts with the federal government or city agencies where you have to do background checks, then you run into some challenges. Because I've actually had some students that I helped to get licensed that weren't able to get you know, contracts working on uh, city agency buildings because, you know, they, they couldn't meet the background clearances. But that didn't have a significant impact on their revenue or their opportunities. So I would say 
that the job outlook for people that may have a background, I think it's encouraging. Well, Keith, if you look at all of my marketing uh, material and my content, I try to display diversity. And I do that strategically because I have been, I've been in construction for about 30 years and I have been a teacher and instructor and and trainer for about eight years. I've worked at several institutions and I've had to use and manage and help to develop some of the curriculum and content that we teach electricians. And I strategically designed my logo and all of my marketing material to display and enhance diversity because you don't see it enough. And I'm going to go as far as saying even a lot of companies that I say that have fleets of service vehicles, you know, with pictures of owners or other employees, I don't see a lot of diversity. That's why I made sure that when you know, we launch these Taya School trailers and some other trailers we have on the way, I wanted to show some diversity, specifically with women. And I do everything I can to make the approach of even thinking about coming into the trades simpler. And and if, if you look at my marketing content, I have a lot of female students and I'm blessed where I've built a culture within my organization where they feel safe. They feel like they can, you know, be themselves. They can learn the way they want to. But I've kind of created a culture where, hey, look, you're needed as well. You're just as important. You know, no smoke and mirrors. There's opportunity here. Come and get it. It's waiting for you. There's a whole world waiting for you. Well, first of all, you have to be passionate about it. All right. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I have to keep myself motivated daily, weekly, hour by hour, minute by minute, just like yourself. And you want to take the entrepreneurial path. You have to literally work 10 times as hard as somebody that has a full time job. I don't care what it is. I I don't care. I don't care if you want to launch your own tattoo shop or your own plumbing outfit or you want to be a landscaper. It takes a lot of work. You got to love it. I mean, you have to be on fire about it. And I am on fire about creating opportunities for electrical apprentices in this industry because they're needed. And I'm going to be honest, it keeps me up at night. All right. So you have to, you know, it has to keep you up at night. If you really want to do it, it's something that you're thinking about incessantly and you're going to run after it every day. That's my advice for anybody seeking to blaze that entrepreneurial path. Well, first of all, social media is a necessity. All right. And social media is a platform that I've been using to plant the seed in the minds of uh, high schoolers, working class adults that are thinking about shifting gears. It helps me to plant the little seed that, hey, there's a resource out here for you. Hey, maybe you can try it too. And the biggest thing, Keith, is for the most part, it's free. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I, don't have to, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have to write, you know, a $10,000 check every month, at least to YouTube. My uh, <laughs> uh, videographer, uh, Anthony, that helps me shoot some of these videos, he's a big expense. But other than that, as an entrepreneur starting out, one of the things you have to focus on is using every free, effective 
available source. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's either you're going to spend some money to use a platform that, you know, you might get, you know, a return on, you might not. But if you work really hard at the platforms that don't cost you anything, right, for the most part, it's just costing you your time. So you have to figure out what's more valuable. All right. So social media, I had to embrace it because I wanted to remove and demystify the life of tradespeople. Right. You you got to you got like where I'm at right now, you know, in the city, you have to be where people can find you. And that's on social media platforms. Uh, well, to be honest with you, Keith, I think that is a way to have potential employers clamoring to get to you. So I, I think that's a great concept because you can't see the full picture from a resume or an electronic application. So I think video and then, you know, delivering a little dialogue, you can convey presence that way. I think that would be a really, really effective tool. Now, if you have some skills in the trades and that's something that you experiment with, I mean, I can see you building clientele really fast, you know, too, because there are a lot of uh, homeowners, there are a lot of contractors that are starving for tradespeople. And as you talk to people on your show, I don't care whether they're HVAC technician, a plumber, or an electrician, Right now, they're bombarded with requests for repairs or job offers because right now there's construction going on all over the country and, you know, quite frankly, all over the world. But right here, you know, I don't care what state you go to, there's development taking place everywhere. So someone that has the creativity and the courage to kind of put themselves out there, I can see them getting overwhelmed with opportunities. Well, that's a great question. Now. What I'd like you to do when we wrap up, I don't, I don't know how deep you looked into my websites, but Keith, I have two websites. So, you know, one is teaschool.com, the Academy of Industrial Arts. Okay. And then that website is powered by necprepclass.com. So that is the website that I use to attract electricians to help them get licensed or to help them understand the National Electrical Code. And if you notice on both of my websites, you'll see a lot of diversity of all different ages. You will see contractors that are Ukrainian, African, Italian. You will see, you know, white contractors, black. You'll see, you'll see women electricians. You'll see women project managers. I work really hard to display. I've been working hard to kick down some doors and barriers. Now, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why specifically my contractor students appreciate my course is because for a long time, programs and courses like I ran weren't available to the general public. You actually had to know somebody or you had to be part of an association and maybe you had to be invited to that association. Well, now my programs offer things that are traditionally kind of kept behind closed doors, and that is to keep access to work and resources exclusive to select groups. It's no other way to put it. I mean, quite mm -hmm. frankly, there's plenty of money out here. Right. And there are a lot of, you know, uh, key players that kind of have a foothold 
on a lot of the same, you know, areas or, or, or types of projects. And that's because typically they move around in exclusive social groups that you build resources through organizations and memberships. And a lot of contractors, quite frankly, didn't even know that these organizations existed. So if you don't know these organizations existed, how are you going to find out that those resources are available to help you Mm -hmm. start elevating your business and your presence? Well, through NECCLass.com and the Taya School, I've been kind of kicking down some doors a little bit and it's working. I agree with you. You are very unique in that sense in that I haven't seen people doing what you're doing. I just, and that really what that's really what caught my attention because particularly, like I said, in the Philadelphia market, I just, I didn't see a lot of people doing that. I found it to be a little challenging. Now it was a couple of years ago because it was at a time where I was exploring the, looking into this business before I went in on it. And I did find it to be a bit of a challenge. Like I said, the fact that you're doing what you're doing is going, I feel it's going against the grain. I am trying to make an impact on the Philadelphia and surrounding areas. I'm trying to make an impact on the construction culture. I am trying to change that, Keith. You're dead on. All right, so you can actually find me two ways. So one, if you are an electrician or a contractor or an apprentice, and you are either looking to get licensed or learning or, or interested in learning how to master the National Electrical Code, all you have to do is do a search for NECPrepClass.com or Philly Fast Track Electrical License Prep Courses. Or if you are a working class adult that wants to shift gears from one occupation into the electrical trades, or you're a high school student, or you're an organization that is looking to bring training into your organization, you can find me through another website called the Academy of Industrial Arts, Tayaschool.com. And that's it. I have a YouTube channel, right? We have tons of videos on there. You'll see Dana, young lady, African-American woman who's now licensed, youngest master electrician in the city of Philadelphia. She has tons of videos up on our uh, page. You'll see Shia, who is a young apprentice. She's a young fire alarm tech. She's on uh, one side of the uh, construction trailer. Here you'll see Azor, who's amazing. Shout out to her. She is not only an electrician, but she's a pipe fitter, plumber. She's amazing. So the images that I use in our branding and marketing, these are young ladies that I think that are just tearing the game up. And I think other women and other men need to see them. So I'm not hard to find. Thank you, sir. And Keith, I appreciate everything you're doing to help close this skills gap. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Skills Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.